0: Eagles fans everywhere,
1: this is for you.
2: Now entering the game for Philly Press Box Radio,
0: Bill Furman and Jim Chesko.
3: It's Wednesday, November 9th, 2022. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, brought to you by the Iris Rover Station House in langhorne PA, Allstate Insurance at in Westchester, PA, and the Edge of Philly Sports Network. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesco. And hey, Chet, the World Series is behind us. Uh, what a fun run that was. The MLS finals didn't go our way, but they could the Eagles continue to roll on at 8-0. The Flyers and Sixers are playing well. Philly sports fans really had a special October and early November. What a run.
1: Yeah, it's been a fun few weeks for sure, Bill. Uh, we no longer have five pro teams in the uh, in action right at once, unfortunately. That may never happen again. Who knows? But we do have those two teams that play at the Wells Fargo Center, of course, and the still unbeaten Eagles. So we're never going to run out of stuff to talk about, Bill. That's for sure. Well, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, uh, we're going to get to
3: this a little bit later, but uh, uh, the Phillies' offseason started the day after the season, so we certainly still have plenty of Phillies to talk about while it's fresh on
1: our mind as well. Yeah, they already cut some players. Uh, They picked up a couple of people off of waivers today, so they're already making moves. There are rumors about, you know, some other guys, particularly a few shortstops who are available, so we'll see what happens there. We'll talk about it. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, you had a chance
3: to attend the Philly Sports Hall of Fame uh, last week or early, well, early last week. Um, They inducted several new players and hosted um, the Hall's treasurer. Mike Conroy was there. Uh, You got a chance to meet up with Hall of Fame, new Hall of Fame members, David Akers and Jimmy Rollins. How was all that?
1: It was a lot of fun. It was my first time going there, Bill, so I had to figure out some things as far as how it worked with the media interviews and all that, where the food was for the media people, very important. (laughs) Uh, I did, though, say hello to some legends like Phil Martelli and former Sixers GM Pat Williams. We have had Pat on the show previously, and yeah, I did manage to get short interviews with both David Akers and J-Roll, and we're going to play those interviews back for you in about 15 minutes or so. Right. And uh, as I mentioned, Mike Conroy, Mike will be
3: joining us tonight a little bit later on. We're glad to have him make his first visit to Philly Press Box Radio. And we'll find out all about that Philly Sports Hall of Fame and how it works. And they've been going at it for a long time. Uh, 2004 with their first class. So uh,
1: yep. there'll be a lot to talk about with Mike. Yeah, for sure. They started up 20 years ago. The first inductions, as they said, were in 2004. And it's a good event, so I'm glad I got there, and I'll definitely be going back next year, if they'll have me, of course. Well, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Hey,
3: well, let's talk Phillies. Uh, as we said, Jet, uh, the World Series didn't go quite our way in the end. Um, the Phillies' bats went silent when they
1: went back to uh, – games five and six it was so disappointing you go up two games to one with a couple of games at home and theoretically your two best pitchers slated to go you know in Aaron, Aaron Nola and um Zach Wheeler and then all of a sudden nothing nothing over the next couple of games in Philly or in uh, game six in Houston three runs Bill in those three games nine for 98 that is an 091 batting average over those three games Look, the Astros are a great team, almost no weaknesses, but the Phillies got to do better. I mean, they just had no answers for that great Houston pitching staff. And, you know, when you get to the World Series, you got to figure some things out. Didn't they set a record for strike strikeouts, I believe? Yep. Tough to watch at times. 71, 72 strikeouts, something like that. New
3: new record. The old record yeah. was 70. A lot of swings and misses. Yeah, you know, a lot of swings and misses and a lot of off-balance hitting, you, you know, uh, they let fastballs go down the middle like they were looking for a breaking ball. Then they threw him a breaking ball, and uh, it looked like they were looking for a fastball. They just looked confused. Um, you know, and to the Astros' credit, when you run Jason Verla- Justin Verlander out there, um, and in that series, I mean, he's going to win to Cy Young. There's a real good chance. He was their third best pitcher in the World Series. Um, you got to give got to give props to the Astros. Um but something just
1: didn't click right with the Phillies as well. Yeah, the props for the Astros. I mean, they're they're deep. Every single spot, the rotation, the bullpen, uh, they got some depth as far as, you know, the guys they put out in the field. So they're they're tough to beat. They've been in the World Series, what, four of the last six years or whatever. They won a couple times now. Um, And they didn't even have to cheat this time around. So they're (laughs) a good team, Bill. Or at least that we know of. (laughs) That we know of. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Well, hey, and so uh, as we said, the season, the the off season has begun. Gene, Gene Segura is gone. David Robertson, Zach Eflin, um, Corey Canabel, to name a few. Uh, they're going to free up money, but you know, you you got to be careful. Everybody wants uh, uh, Trey Turner and Rondone. Uh, you know, let's stack up. But you know what? You still have to fill the other spots. You can't spend all your money on one or two guys, and all of a sudden. Um, you know, you have holes all over your bullpen again and and everything else. So they're gonna to have to be a little careful how they manage their money here.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, it sounds like they are definitely looking for a shortstop, especially you know with Segura uh, gone now, so they would move Stott to second base. And you got Trey Turner and those three other high-quality guys out there. So something's going to happen, I'm pretty sure. And from what we hear, Turner would love to play in Philly with his buddy Bryce Harper. So Bryce would like to have Turner here. I, I think it's going to happen, as long as the Mets don't you know, sneak in there and throw – Sixty thousand million dollars at him or something. Uh, I think the Phillies will have a good shot of getting Trey Turner.
3: Yeah, and you know uh, the timeline on all this is five days. Um, so I guess I'll let's see that they, they ended on Saturday night, right? Saturday yes. night. So Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is the fifth day. So I, maybe it's Friday, but somewhere right in there, fifth. However they start the day count, uh, you could start signing guys. So that's why these guys get released the day after the World Series. And now all of a sudden the market is wide open and they can start signing people very,
1: very soon. And Trey Turner's name is may come up here by the end of the week. Yeah. I don't know if that'll happen right away. We'll see. But what, what about the guys they let go? Kyle Gibson, no senior guard, Corey Knebel, uh, Brad hand, David Robertson, and Zach Eflin, maybe a bit of a surprise that they didn't try to bring him back. So those are the, the six notable names, I guess the Phillies are saying farewell to.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of pitching, well, you know, maybe it wasn't always good pitching, but they were, they were decent guys that, uh, were filling spots that they needed. And, uh, you know, you, you got to replace them. They, you know, it's, you don't throw out your old shoes until you got new shoes. You know what I mean? Um, they've they've got their hands full on on especially back in the back end of that bullpen, um, because we saw some things. You know, when we get when you, when you peel back the onion and you look at uh, some of the things that happened in the World Series, the back end of that bullpen throughout the playoffs was not necessarily that strong.
1: Yeah, and then you know everybody's questioning the big move in uh, the final game, taking out Wheeler, bringing in Alvarado. Didn't quite work out the way it did the first time he did it, but it didn't work out the second time or the third time. Uh, I didn't like the move. I'm guessing you, Bill, as a, an old dinosaur, you don't like seeing a pitcher taken out in that spot with 70 pitches or whatever. Yeah, well, I mean, I,
3: I told you back uh, two, two, maybe three weeks ago, I didn't like the way Rob Thompson was handling the starting pitch, and he took Wheeler out way back in the first series. He took Suarez out early. Uh, yeah. It all worked out for him because they ended up with a lot of big hits at the end. The bullpen was solid. Uh, but then when they got to the World Series, it didn't work out so well because, one, they didn't score a lot of runs, and, two, you match your – Best lefty against their best lefty hitter, and their best lefty hitter was better than your best lefty pitcher. Yeah, on those
1: nights. and like I said, the Astros are are clearly the better team, but it's just kind of frustrating because the Phillies did have their chances. You know, like I said, you're up two games to one with a couple of games at home. Uh, just couldn't get it done. So, hey, it hurts, but we move on. the weird thing is the Phillies may still at this point only be the third best team in their division because the Mets and Braves ain't going anywhere.
3: That's right. Well, and, and I I think we have to have the conversation about Reese Hoskins. I I think there's some real Reese has showed up, I think to be a real quality leader on that team in the clubhouse. Um, but you know, I think they have one more year left on his contract. Uh, Do you try to make a move for him? You got uh, Garrett Hall on the farm. You got Alec Boehm, who I I think that first base thing with Boehm may have gone away because he's turned himself into a gold-glove third baseman as much better
1: as he got. Um, So what do you do there? You you know, you got to make a move somehow. Yeah, I I wouldn't be shocked (laughs) if they did trade Hoskins. I'm sure they're going to listen to all offers for him. I don't know if they're going to try to necessarily – Unload him, push him out. He, I mean, he's a guy who's gonna hit 28 or 30 home runs. It's just that he's so streaky, and we know now he's not a very good fielder. So that hurts. But the thing about Derek Hall, if they were to move Hoskins, Hall just you know can't hit lefties. So uh then what do you do? Um and you still gotta find out about Bryce Harper. They're still gonna decide in the next few days whether he needs surgery. And if it's you know the big one, Tommy John, he's going to be out six months, is what they say for an outfielder. So that means probably three months into the season. So they got a lot of things that they got to figure out over the next month.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Plenty to talk about. That's for sure, though. And, and as we said, it was a, it was a great run. And uh, there you go, Kyle Schwarber. Thanks, pal.
1: Yeah, Kyle was uh, a pretty good addition. You know, he only hit two fifteen or whatever, but he clearly is a great leader for that team, and he hit some long balls. Absolutely, and uh, he he made it fun. That's for sure.
3: Uh, funny that he tried to bunt, but that's a whole nother. No, oh, that story was crazy for, uh, for a whole nother story for another time. Crazy. somewhat pedestrian. RJ, uh, PJ says about Hoskins. What do you think? Oh, that old oh. comment. There you go, all right, let's talk Eagles, Chet, eight and all um, yeah Eagles let's go, yeah, let's talk Eagles, uh you know I'm, one thing I'm ready for, Chet, is to get on some sort of a regular schedule bye week, Thursday <laughs> night, Monday night, let's get to Sundays where we can uh settle in on the sofa and watch some some Eagles football,
1: yeah, this feels like a bye week since they haven't played since last Thursday, and they won't play again until Monday night when those commanders come to town um. I I didn't get to see a whole lot of the Thursday night game because the uh, Phillies, you know, were on at the same time. Plus, I was coming back from the uh, Philly Sports Hall of Fame event. So I joined the Phillies game in progress. I went to the Irish Rover. They had both games on the TV there. I was keeping more of a close eye on the Phillies. And uh, from what I saw, you know, it wasn't a great game by the Eagles, but they still won by 12 points. And getting the W, of course, is the bottom line. And uh, I'm not going to, you know, nitpick about every little thing that they didn't do well. The one thing is the concern about uh, the defense and the inability to stop a good running back. Pierce, in the case of uh, the Houston Texans, but they got a lot of other good running backs coming up in the you know, near future, including Derrick Henry a few weeks from now. So uh, that that's the one little concern I might have, but there ain't no, so I'm not going to bitch.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm going to give them a little bit of a pass for Thursday night. Uh, and, and I'm not good on passes, but, you know, giving passes. But, uh, it, you know, it's, you're coming back on a Thursday night. There's, there's all this other excitement going on and disruptions in Philadelphia. Uh, they traveled to Houston to play a one-win team. Um, a little flat, a little letdown would be would be expected. Still took care of their business. Um, offense still played pretty well. And like you say, the only, the only weakness in that was the run game defensively
1: um, but they took care of it so commanders are next yeah well they do miss uh, Davis Uh, he's gonna be out you know for another three weeks or whatever and the the stats show that they are clearly better in stopping the run when Davis is in there so they do have to shore that up and they're still the the special teams concerned but I'm not overly concerned about Washington we'll talk about that later in the show when we make our picks so We're talking maybe about an undefeated Eagles team going into like week 14 or 15, Bill. But you you, you really are.
3: You really are. I mean, uh, these other teams, the the Green Bay Packers, stink. You know, uh, we we expected way more from them. They're not very good. Um, And and Tennessee, as I said, I think is going to be a tough game. But they don't have Tannehill, at least right now. Uh, So if so, they could win that game. They could be running all the way
1: to christmas eve undefeated yeah they could i was trying to find the schedule that i had here and i don't see it but what i do have are the power rankings courtesy our buddy paul domovich and he finally has the eagles in the number one spot now that buffalo lost to those new york jets last week so a lot of people think it could be an eagles chiefs or eagles bills super bowl it certainly looks that way at this point well, I mean, you got to play them out. We got we got to oh, yeah. see we got to see what the Giants are made of.
3: Are are they any kind of real or not? We got to play them twice yet. Dallas and Dallas, uh, the Vikings are managing to play good ball. They're you know they're going to be okay. Um, 49ers, I, I can't figure out why they're getting so much love from everybody. They're a four and four team that's lost to some bad teams, but everybody seems to have a lot of love for them. Adding Christian McCaffrey is one
1: good thing for him, but he does not play defense. Hmm. Yeah, that is true. That is true. So um, let's see. I think I got a schedule here that I can add. And and by the way, the Colts are coming up, and they're a train wreck.
3: They stink, too. Uh, there, there you go. So Washington, then the Colts, the Packers, they, they should all be wins. The Titans game will be tough at the Giants, maybe. Bears – They're trying to be better.
1: And then you go to Dallas on uh, Christmas Eve. Uh, Big talk on the radio today. What if the Eagles were 14-0 going into that Dallas game and the Eagles already had uh, the top seed locked up? And then you're finishing up the last three games of the season with the Cowboys, the Saints, whom you own their first-round pick, and then the Giants, who may be fighting for a playoff spot, if you have the top seed clinched and you're playing those three teams, what do you do? Do you rest your guys? Do you play them for a half each of those games? What do you do, Bill? Well, I
3: think what you see, look at the Phillies. It's a perfect example. Momentum, hot teams. You don't want to cool down. If you're 14 and 0, 15 and 0, 14 and two, it doesn't matter. You got to be playing good ball come playoff time and that that's what we got to see and if you know they're going to get a bye week so they're going to get a, get a rest i say you play them through you know injuries happen if if it happens it happens but uh i think you don't want to come out of those it could be almost a month you know with those three games in a bye yeah. week and come come into the playoffs and and lay an egg because you're not you know you lost your edge
1: I say you play them through. I say we probably shouldn't even talk about it yet because we're only eight games into a 17 game schedule. So let's worry about it, you know, in a month. How about that? I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, hey, uh, Chet, let's take a quick break
3: and thank our sponsors. uh, And then we'll get on with uh, some Philly Hall of Fame talk. So I got a feeling, Chet, with all this sports going on, you've been spending more time on your couch than you are in your car. It's time to start saving with Allstate's Pay-As-You-Go Auto Insurance.
1: Yeah, that's right, Bill. Allstate's Pay-As-You-Go Auto Insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive. With the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers, Pay-Per-Mile Insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with Pay-Per-Mile Car Insurance by calling your local agent, Guess who? In Westchester, Pennsylvania, it's Dave Lavoie. Call Dave at 610-430-0700. Once again, 610-430-0700 and start to save more now that you perhaps are driving less. Well, hey, you mentioned uh, being at the
3: Irish Rover Station House the other day for watching the the Phillies and the Eagles.
1: Uh, what's going on at the at the Rover? Yeah, I did. I popped in there a couple of times, actually, during the World Series, Bill, and they were packed both times. And as I mentioned, on Thursday night, they had both of the games on the TVs. I snapped that picture. You see Eagles on the left and the Phillies on the right. There's Bryce. And they, they had a real good crowd there. It was pretty much standing room only. Uh, A lot of fun, too, despite the outcome of the Phils game. Lots going on this month now at the Rover in Langhorne. Of course, you know this. They always have dinner specials Thursday through Sunday. That crab cake platter is calling out to me, as a matter of fact. (laughs) And uh, coming up the latter part of next week, then, the 17th through the 21st, it is the Irish Rover's Friendsgiving with Thanksgiving-themed specials every day. We'll tell you more about that on next week's show. And, hey, if you're a beer lover like me, remember there are always – 24 beers on tap at the Irish Rover Station House. They're located on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorne. The website, irishroverstationhouse.com. And hey, Bill, because I was hanging out with a bunch of WMMR folks this morning at the Camp Out for Hunger, I'm going to throw this in there right now.
3: It's me, Jackie Bam Bam from 93.3 WMMR, Philly Press Box Radio. Chet, Bill, what are you doing? It's me, Jackie Bandman. Hey, Chet, Bill, I love you. All the best. Bye uh he's a good man well hey as we mentioned chet you had a chance to attend the philly sports hall of fame banquet you visited with david akers and jimmy rollins uh you're walking around with the elite tell us elite philly sports athletes
1: uh tell us about it hey, it was a wonderful event lots of great new inductees for 2022 and without saying more, i'm just gonna let this video recap cover it all for you bill okay Founded 20 years ago, the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame already has more than 300 inductees, 17 of them honored during the ceremony last week at Live Casino. Among this year's inductees were late Villanova head basketball coach Roley Massimino, longtime St. Joe's coach Phil Martelli, and Flyers original head coach and longtime general manager Keith Allen. A handful of Broad Street bully-era Flyers were on hand at the event in support of Keith the Thief. Another inductee... That would be Philly's all-time hits leader and 2007 NL MVP, and, of course, the shortstop on those 2008 World Championship fills, Jimmy Rollins. And I talked briefly with J-Roll about his latest honor and about being there to watch the 2022 fills in the series. And, yes, it was a bit noisy there at the casino. How do you feel to be back in the Cincinnati
4: Park with so many of your old teammates this past week? Uh, you know what? That was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah obviously come back together in 2018 for the senior year the World Series. But we were the ones that celebrated. So with all the teachers on the unit and all the guys on the field. In this situation, it's like a reminder of how great these fans are. And we're not the ones that celebrate. So we're there and they give us loud cheers, but it's the team on the field that they are willing to go play for. for, for. And a lot of people say that, you know, they remind them of us. No, I told them, don't make their own legs. You know, make them talk about the 2022 phase. And, oh, wait, Phillies we'll be okay. Our legacy is already cemented. Make them remember you. And so see it happening. See the fans show up. Um, See the players deliver it, it's been just an
1: amazing And right? yes, how about you,
4: William, yeah. the Sports Hall of Fame? What does that mean to you? Uh, it's it's crazy. Uh, it's something I never really, really thought about for me. You know, the hardest thing was to win over I the fans and that. become a, heart of that, a part of part of the city and yeah, 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 the other city. To um, so, um, so to be honored, you know, with the plaque, you know, and I'm going to be forever exactly in this Sports Hall of Fame, fame. when my kids grow, grow up, or want to take a trip back home to have two daughters that were born here. The youngest was born in Chicago. They can know that their dad had a place that loved him as much as they did, and I was able to do things special in the city that it they decided uh, to proud to me with the spot on their public
1: Congratulations! Yeah. Among the other inductees were former Ursinus field hockey coach Adele Boyd, former NFL referee Art McNally, who also, by the way, went into the Pro Football Hall of Fame this year, and the 1982-83 world champion 76ers, inducted by that great team's general manager, the legendary Pat Williams. And, oh yeah, WIP's Howard Eskin. Unfortunately, Howard couldn't be there as he was out in Houston for the Eagles' eighth straight victory to start the season. Speaking of the Birds, the team's all-time leader in field goals and points and a five-time Pro Bowl selection, David Akers, was also inducted. Having played 12 of his 16 NFL seasons with the Eagles, David is still a huge fan of the team. First of all, let's talk about the unbeaten Philadelphia Eagles,
5: your old team. What do you think of this team? Oh, my goodness, They're, they're playing amazing right now. It kind of reminds me of the 4 team, that we were part of. They, they brought in some, some great free agents. They did a great job in the draft, and they're just balling out right now. Jalen Hurts has hit it to another level. The receivers are really amazing. defense has really stepped up. There with some, some other guys that have kind of come in this year. Uh, Riddick, one that just kind of comes to mind, the way he's playing Slade obviously coming in from Detroit uh, a couple of years ago, and I was able to play with him for a year in Detroit, and and so when you see what John Gannon's kind of doing there and what Sirianni's kind of put together offensively, it's been pretty impressive. Yeah, it's exciting times for sure.
1: Uh, speaking of exciting times, you going into the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame, being honored by the city, you played so many great seasons. What does that mean to you? Well,
5: Philly changed my life. Fans, really, is, I have so much gratitude for them, but obviously the Eagles really had somebody who's made an opportunity to play for 12 years here. In, in a time where that's, that's not an easy task to do, so very, very appreciative and a ton of gratitude, not only for the Eagles organization, but Andy Reid, uh, Jeffrey for that matter. But it's an honor just to be in the same room with
1: these other athletes that are up
5: here. And um, for that, I'm just extremely grateful. Last thing, you got a Super Bowl prediction? <laughs> first. All right, I like it.
1: I like the way David thinks. Congrats to David Akers, J-Roll, Howard Eskin, Coach Martelli, and all of this year's Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame inductees. Well, that, that's awesome, Chet. That was fun, Bill. Good time.
3: I bet it was. Hey, uh, I'm going to tell you one st- Well, I'll tell you what. Let me introduce our our guest, and then I will tell a quick story because he's a memorabilia guy, too. So uh, that leads us right into tonight's guest, Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame treasurer Mike Conroy. Mike, welcome to Philly Press Box Radio. Oh, thank you for having me. Good evening, guys. Hey, Mike. Uh, all right. Hey, uh, I wanted to throw a little story out there because you mentioned David Akers and, and him being humbled. Uh, you guys know I'm a memorabilia guy. I have an Eagles helmet from way, way back, a game helmet, uh, signed by all of them, Ben Eric, Van Buren, all all the way back. And I got David Akers to sign that as the all-time leading scorer, and he told me that he was humbled that I would ask him to sign my helmet with all these other Eagles legends. And that was back when he was still playing. Uh, or yeah, he's right a super he's nice been. guy. Super yeah. nice guy. And and what you saw there is exactly what I saw
1: years ago. He's that kind of person. Hey, Mike, it was great to meet you in person last week. And first things first, I talked to a couple of your colleagues at the Hall of Fame about this. I think it was Bob and Ken. And they both mentioned the rather unusual timing of the banquet this year, the inductions a couple of unexpected conflicts on the schedule. You were going up against uh, an Eagles game and, oh, yeah, a Phillies home World Series game. Uh, Were you guys worried that maybe a lot of ticket goers wouldn't show up and maybe a bunch of promised inductees wouldn't show up?
2: Chat, you're not kidding. I mean, literally, we as soon as they went 1-1 and came back to town, you saw the weather forecast. They were calling for rain, and we just all yeah. looked at each other and said, what is our contingency plan here? Can we move the event if it happens? And the show must go on. So um, yeah. we had a lot of people flying in from across the states. so... You know, from from our perspective, show needs to go on. We spoke with Jimmy, and he said, "Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm going to do everything, start to finish, and just escort me over to the ball game after." Um, and and that's what we did. We literally ran him across the street, um, pushing people out of the way so he can get in and, and get to his box before the third inning. And by the way,
1: he had a great line during his uh, little speech. He said he's used to batting leadoff, and you you
2: had him last on the schedule there. <laughs> exactly right. It was unprecedented for for Jimmy himself, but uh, he's he was a good sport, and, and yeah. what great guy! Just telling stories. I mean, we had him in the back. Just he was, you know, his impersonation of Charlie Manuel. If you ever get the <laughs> opportunity to have him do. Uh, Charlie Manuel from West Virginia versus Virginia, he uh, he, he hit it nail on the head. I, I really couldn't stop laughing for at least 10 minutes. <laughs> well, hey, Mike, we mentioned that
3: the, uh, the first class of the Hall of Fame was 2004. Um, I, you know, those are kind of, as you go down the list, they're kind of a lot of obvious uh, Philly icons. Uh, but what I really like uh, in looking at the list, there, there's uh, places like the Palestra, uh, Don Bragg, Harvey Pollack, Stan Hockman, not not your normal athlete guys, but certainly legendary Philadelphia sports figures. Uh, how did it come about to include people like that? Because to me, it really makes the Hall of Fame so much better
2: yet. No, absolutely. So, you know, it started roughly 20 years ago with Ken Avalon, the president and, and Bob Cassidy and some of the other folks. And you know, they were really sitting around in a garage having a few beers, and and they were talking about you know what sports history the Philadelphia network and scene has, and they they looked into it and realized that there was no Hall of Fame on for Philadelphia, and they started to go through um, you know the legal process, make sure that everything was tightened up, and then once they they landed it, they you know it was get that intro class in with everybody, but really from Ken's perspective, it was. Philly related. How did you get the news? How did you get the sports, the people who played any type of history that could impact you, you know, and really that's what sports is all about to take you away from your day to day job, you know, get you to, uh, relax and, and just enjoy moments in life. And, and, you know, whether it's reading Stan Hockman on his boxing or, or wherever, or, you know, Howard Eskin and listening to him banter about, you know, nitwit and, you know, you're scared go get a dog. Um, you know, just it brings the the full scope in into the Philly Hall, and that's really what you know the the team here. What we're trying to accomplish is really, you know, capture all walks of life from the Philadelphia sports scene and and really honor them uh, the way they should be.
1: Well, you've done it for 19 years now. You started, as you said, in 2004 with the first inductions. This was the 19th year doing it. It looks like you put in 15 to 17 per year, so you just uh, crossed the 300 mark already. Yes. And you also have now a preview gallery. You don't have a full museum yet, but you have a preview gallery at Spikes Trophies in Northeast Philly,
2: and I guess it's open on Saturday mornings. What will people see when they go there? Um, that's correct. So, so right now we're looking for that long-term home for the Philly Sports Hall. So, any in interim Ken Baldwin at Spikes Trophy was was gracious enough to to carve out some space. Um, at his main office, and, and really what we do there is really put together a, a nice showcase of some Philly Eagle sports history. You know, 48, 49 championships, sixty championship. Um, and then inside we have some Palestra. We have some uh, two exhibits that are going up right now. We have a Larry Boa and uh, Dick Vermeel. Um We have a small Bill Lyons exhibit. You know, we have Spectrum. You know, boards. We have vet seats. We have Willie Penn's hat hanging up in there. We have the old vet um, window boxes where you would buy the tickets as a little kid, you know, your dollar dog Franks and go up there and get your ticket and go sit in the 700 level. I mean, you know, we, we try to pack it in as much as possible until we find that long term interactive home.
3: That is really cool. Well, how do you go about uh, nominating guys? I mean, uh, like I said, I've been doing this a long time, and and so many great names in there. But but it takes twenty years to get Fred Shero
2: in there. Uh, how how do you go about making all that happen? So so what we do is we we get together as a, as a group and we go in and there's certain bylaws and criteria that we follow from the hall. First and foremost, they either need to be um, a Philly native or have played in Philly for five years. Um, that's the first foremost criteria. Once we identify those particular athletes or media, um, we put together a rather robust ballot and then we send it out to our former Hall of Fame inductees as well as the news media. Um, and and we, you know, we get that votes back, we tally it up and we look for that 75% marker. If they don't hit that 75% marker, we really go back as a group and we look to, uh, bring in a diverse class. So we have our majors, which are, you know, the four major sports there. And then we have things like rowing, kickboxing, you know, you name it. And then we have a legacy and, and we honor a, a former team that has uh, done the city justice here, uh, won some championships, you know, and this class was the 83. We, we alluded to get them in since we've been uh, backtracking a bit, trying to get some other uh, great teams in the all early. Hey, uh, we're going to talk
1: about um, what you do with the Darren Dalton Foundation also, but I want to ask you about the current Philly sports scene right now. Uh, What's this like for you, Mike? You're you're a big fan of
2: everything that's going on. Uh, How much fun have you been having over the last few weeks? I need around 20 TVs to keep track of everything going on. It, it's, it's just, you know, euphoric right now to, you know, even watching the union, I'm not big on soccer, but I sat there and watched the penalty kicks and just can't believe that guy slipped. And I'm just like, Oh, you know, we should be called the second city. If they, if the, weekend that we just had, you know, where we keep getting that runner up, but you know, never a bridesmaid, never a bride, but soon mm-hmm. enough, we'll, we'll get there and, and take the cake. But, um, You know, right now, it's just been great to see the Eagles, what they're doing. I mean, I any given Sunday, so I'm week by week. I know everybody's like, undefeated season. Are they going to rest them against New York? I I just want to win this upcoming week against the Commanders. You know, I I just, I don't want any surprises here. Just, you know, take care of business guys and, and do your thing and move on to the next week without injury. One game at a time, yep.
3: There you go. Jump over to the Phillies. We'll ask you a Phillies question. What, what's your thoughts on Trey Turner? Is he the guy you're, uh, you're wanting to see? Now that we let Gene Segura
2: go down the road? I don't think I would lay that kind of cash. I mean, he's going to want probably, you know, 280, 290 million for that long term deal. You know, there, there's a few other lower name, you know, high quality potential. They really need an average hitter there. Um, You know, you can't go in with a 220 average and and close your eyes and get a swing. You need somebody that's going to put the barrel of the bat on the ball and and really put it in play. And we saw those opportunities earlier on in the World Series. But when those bats went dead, that the team went quiet. So you, you can't have 73 strikeouts in a World Series and expect to walk home with the trophy. But one of everybody's favorite Phillies back in the 90s,
1: Darren Dalton, and you're involved with the Darren Dalton Foundation, you told me. Uh
2: what what is their mission these days now that, you know, Darren's gone and what's your involvement? No, absolutely. So, you know, Darren was a big part of my childhood. I grew up in South Philly and used to ride my bike down to the vet. And and one of the first individuals who I met outside the vet was Dutch and he'd sign anything I put in front of him as a kid. And, you know, you go home and you put your cards in the sleeve holders and you keep showing your friends all, all those autographs. Um, and then, you know, time passed and I followed Dutch career. I always thought he was, you know, that that leader, you know, that field presence. And um, a buddy of mine was on the board of directors for the Darren Dolan Foundation said, you know, you should come out and to one of the events. And, you know, we're raising money for, you know, families that, that have individuals with brain cancer. And what they really do is they support them from an economic perspective, really, to provide them um, funding in and around, you know, as medical expenses go up, really, to, to help them get the treatment they need without sacrificing you know, house and home to, to, to get there. So, you know, the, the Dutch Foundation and Brett Dado, who's the president of the foundation, um, does a tremendous job to, you know, provide that funding to individuals in need. And, you know, I just try to help out any way possible, whether it be, you know, helping the golf outing, grabbing drinks for Ricky Jordan. I, I, don't, I don't care anything I can do to, to help the cause, but I, I help with the, the golf outing as well as the celebrity bartending and some other events throughout the year just to help them, raise as much funding as possible to help support the cause. Now
3: the Philly sports hall of fame also has a charity arm. I guess we could call it an arm.
2: Uh, tell us about that as well. Um, from a charity perspective, you know, we are a non-for-profit. So, so what we do is we like to give back to a lot of the players and their foundations, whether it be, you know, just any type of involvement that they have, you know, charity legs. We, we like to, uh, donate money, time, and, and individuals. You know, Tim Kerr does a 5K down in Avalon to raise money. Um, we'll run that race, you know, just promote the Hall of Fame, promote Tim Kerr, uh, you know, some other ones. I, you know, there's so many that, that we try to get involved in that it's, you know, our, our mission statement is really, you know, the players gave back to us and we want to give back to, to the individuals as well as the charities that they, they form.
1: And finally, Mike, we can see behind you, and you, you showed with your camera earlier, you've got quite a collection of items in your man cave. Um, I think you're probably right up there with Bill Furman in terms of collecting
2: things. <laughs> uh, what are your personal favorites? What do you go for mostly? Oh, uh, I'm, I'm a history buff, obviously, with the Philly Sports Hall of Fame. So, you know, I got some things signed by Connie Mack, if you want to go back that far. Whoa. but. Uh, my major prize possession, my, my old man was a big Eagles fan. So in the 1960s, um, you know, he was at every game and then, you know, he passed along the legend to me. And then when I got to meet the greats, Tommy McDonald and Chuck Benarek, you know, it was just crazy. My high school football number was 60 after Chuck and played offensive line. It was just one of those things. So I have a team signed helmet signed by, uh, I want to say 24 uh, of the the players of the 60 team, including Bill Campbell, um, the announcer. So uh, that's one of my prize possessions. My I drug my wife to every signing possible to meet those guys and, you know, sat and had lunch with Tommy McDonald in his living room, which was just absolutely insane. Oh, I bet.
3: Fantastic. Wait. Him-
2: oh, sorry. Dead no, dull. go ahead. I was going to say the funny story with, with Tommy he tells me how he'd be outside of uh, Franklin Field uh, between the brick and mortar and he would rub his fingers on the cement so he'd be able to catch the ball in the cold weather. And then he has me shake his hand. You could see he ripped off every single one of his fingerprints um, just to, to, to make a living catching a ball. But, um, you know, fan favorite by, by many uh, old schoolers.
3: Absolutely. Well,
2: and, and that reminds me uh,
3: – I wasn't going to say this, but the Chuck Bednarik hand is is the most unbelievable hand where this finger go went this way, and they were all mangled, and one of them went completely – did a 90-degree, his pinky finger did. Oh, it's yeah, – Yeah, he, he was – He the
2: helmet and snapped back, you know, not to get too graphic, but, uh, you know, he's yeah. –
3: yeah, it was a, it's an ugly
2: thing. Or was it it <laughs> yes, was an it, ugly thing.
3: Yes, it was. Yes, it well, was. hey, Mike, before we let you go, uh, how can people follow what's going on at the uh, Philly Sports Hall of Fame? How can they donate? Can they be part of it somehow?
2: Uh, tell us what they could do. Absolutely. Thank you for this opportunity. Uh, first and foremost, you can go to org. That'll give you information about the upcoming um, next inductee class 2023. Um, as well as some fundraising campaigns we have. And then in addition to that, we're always looking for volunteers, you know, individuals that can help design websites, individuals that can get our, our name out in the social media. You know, one thing that, that we really want to do is, is promote our brand and really let the, the world know that, hey, Philadelphia has a sports hall of fame and, you know, you, you have to be a part of it to, to believe and, and see you know, the good that we do and, and just to see some of the players that go in and just hear their personal stories. I mean, you know, I think J-Roll was so excited to be a part of the the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame. It's almost like, you know, a pat on the back saying, you know, you made it in Philadelphia, one of the hardest cities to play in, um, you know, and and they wear that proud on, on their shoulder. So, you know, with, with that being said, it's, you know, more people that volunteer to better. We're looking for passionate individuals that really, you know, have a have a love for sports and and a love for you know giving back and and that's really what we're looking for.
1: Fantastic! All right, Mike, this was great. Thanks,
3: Mike. Yeah. Mike, oh. thanks
2: for coming by. Uh, let's do it
3: again. Let's not let's not make it uh, another ten years since we've been doing it. Nine years. No. Let's do it soon. A-
2: absolutely. Let's do this uh, very soon. Maybe uh, before an Eagles parade. Not to get too there ahead you go. of myself. <laughs> there you
3: go. I like the way you're thinking. Yeah, All right, Mike. Positive. Thanks, buddy.
2: Thank you so much. Have a wonderful oh, evening, thanks, gentlemen. Mike. All right, you too. Me. Take care.
3: All right, Chad, let's give a shout-out to all the shows at the Edge of Philly Sports Network this week. As always, wall-to-wall coverage. It uh, it slowed down a little bit with the World Series coming to an end, but uh, we're picking it up with a lot of football coverage. That is for sure. You can check all the action out at www.eopsports.com as well as Edge of Philly Sports on YouTube. You can also find our show, Philly Press Box Radio, YouTube as well. Hit those. Subscribe, follow, like
1: buttons, and always share with your family and friends. And, Bill, before we go on, we have to wish everyone a very happy National Scrapple Day.
3: Yes, National (laughs) Scrapple Day, especially to our pal Joe Howe. And uh, there you go, Joe. Joe commented on something else and said, wow, but I'll hit that one up there right now. And while we're wishing happy, happy, ship, happy birthday to you the other night, uh, other day, so uh happy birthday,
1: pal. Yeah, you know, turning forty was a little scary, but I'll be okay, Bill. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs>
3: oh yeah. Oh, oh wow. all right. Let's welcome our man from Split's Bar and Grill, except he's at the Vitrone Bar and Grill tonight. We're gonna make this week's pick, provide some week ten better tidbits, poop. Welcome back. Forty, Chet. Really,
1: make it believable, <laughs> right? Forty-five. We, we do forty-five, maybe. <laughs> yeah,
0: hey, hold on. Hey, yeah, okay. I'll allow it.
1: Oh.
3: So, Chet, uh, how did we do last week? Uh, what are our standings? Week nine. We, we're
1: starting. We got to start closing the gap, Boop. Uh, I think Boop may be dropped from splits because his picks just aren't aren't up the snuff. I got to tell you. Good news for you and me, though, Bill. We were a perfect four and0 last week. However, Boop took the Rams to beat Tampa Bay down there. Both teams kind of stunk, but it didn't happen for him, so he was three and one. So at the season's midpoint now, nine weeks down, nine to go. I am 25 and 12, still two full games up on you, Bill. Boop is now, well, at least he's over 500 at 19 and 18, but that leaves him six games off the pace, but there is still hope for you, maybe, Boop.
0: I just hope to finish.
1: (laughs) Well, well, hey, Chet, but, you know, look at the comment that I put up there.
3: You don't get a shout-out. I don't get a shout-out. Who gets the shout-outs? It reminds
0: me, I got to send him a check.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so here we go with week 10. Uh, We were going to add the Vikings and the Bills, but Josh Allen's got an injury that we're not quite so sure about, so we didn't put ourselves in that bind. We went Chargers at 49ers, 49ers minus seven, Boop.
0: This is the third straight time we've had the 49ers. Do you just want to add them for the rest of the year for uh, the heck of it? Figure. No.
1: That was yeah. Bill's choice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, the Chargers, you know, they got um, flexed. The Chiefs game next week got flexed. So now they got back-to-back Sunday nights all of a sudden. That second Sunday night's a lot more important to them than the first one. So this could be a trapped, flat game for them. I'm going 49ers.
1: Yeah, I'm going Niners as well. They've been playing better than I expected them to. They're favored by, I think you said, touchdown, Bill. I'm, I'm taking the Niners.
3: Yeah. Uh, I'm just not in love with the 49ers. I'm not feeling I'm going Chargers. I'm going Ooh. Chargers. Only because I just, I'm just not feeling the defense that's coming out of the 49ers. I, I just don't like them. Hey, Boop will be back. Be careful, it says right there. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) All right, Texans at the Giants. Giants minus six and a
0: half. Uh, Giants lost at Seattle last week, and we sort of saw that coming. Uh, They're now two and seven in the Pacific time zone since 2013. I triple checked. This game isn't out west, so Giants. Yeah,
1: Giants uh, still playing a lot better than I expected when they're not out west. And Houston's just not that good. I got to take the Giants. I gotta take the Giants
3: it's not Houston's not that good Luke Houston's not good all right Cowboys visit Green Bay pack uh Cowboys are minus five
0: Green Bay's home after three straight road losses the Cowboys could actually play this game in the bay and beat Green Bay I think this week Dallas
1: who'd have thought you know a month and a half ago that Dallas would be favored by five over the Packers at Lambeau Field. That is just amazing, but I mean it's the way it should be, and Dallas is going to win. Yeah, Dallas is going to win. Green Bay stinks. They do.
3: They they got it. They got to get something straightened out. Well, maybe they don't. They got to play the Eagles. So yeah. let them don't just, just keep on out yet. Let them keep on stinking. All right, Monday night football. Eagles host the uh, commies. Eagles minus eleven, double digit favors again. Uh, Boop.
0: Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. First off, uh, Hertz will be going for his 12th straight win, uh, regular season win as a starting quarterback. He would be the 26th quarterback since 1950 to do so. Moments ago, I posted the entire list of those 25 (laughs) quarterbacks to my Twitter feed, um, at Boopstead. That, so if you, uh, it was a list anywhere, so I had to go out and like kind of put it together. So it's a, it's a fun little list, a lot of new names, a lot of old names, but, uh, Hopefully he won't disappoint and go and get it, win number 12 in a row on Monday night, and he will.
1: Will they cover, Boop? Let's get to that in a little bit. Ah, okay. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, they're not going to cover, just like last week when the Eagles did not cover the 14 against the Texans. They're not going to cover this 11-point spread, but the Eagles will win 27-17 is my prediction.
3: Yeah, the Eagles are going to win. 27-17 is probably not a bad score, right? You know, maybe – uh, maybe 3117 but it's it's going to be in that neighborhood but Eagles are going to win
1: going to go to 9 and 0.
0: Yeah. What's the line bill? 11. Okay, and what did he say they're going to cover?
1: I said 2717, so Washington would therefore cover.
0: Washington will cover. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Well, this is the first time in history the Eagles have been double digit hit, um favorites for three straight games. Um first of all, secondly, the last 10 times the Eagles have been home, double-digit victories, uh, double-digit favorites, 10 victories, 8-2 against the spread in those 10 games. And one of those was that Christmas night. One of the lo- uh, spread and losses was the Christmas night 2017 uh, with the return touchdown and the Nick Foles kneel down instead of the extra point that would have made it a push. Hmm. So they have uh, not only owned uh, the favorite, being a 10-point favorite at home, but they've owned, owned it on the line also. So – Unlike last week, what I told you they wouldn't cover, they are going to cover this week um, at the link Monday night. Okay.
3: There you go. What other uh, splits bar and grill tidbits you have for us this week for week 10?
0: The Miller Lite was very cold last weekend. I remember that. Um, You know, I think they put a lot of stuff on ice knowing we were going to keep coming back for all those Phillies games. Um, But other than that, you know, nice to see the Flyers playing well. Like, did you see the Joel Embiid was sixteen for sixteen from the yeah. line the same night that De- the Temple kid was eighteen for eighteen from the line. That can't happen too often. I wish I had, knew someone that could look that up.
3: <laughs> I think I saw a uh, tidbit on Boop Stats about uh, consecutive free throws in a game.
0: Yeah, we did. We ended up listing the best of uh, perfect free throw uh, game for each of the six city six schools, um, as well as the best couple for. Both, not only the Sixers, uh, any excuse we get to pull out Paul Iris and his name on Twitter in 2020 is, you know, we're right up that alley.
1: Speaking of college hoops, I was at the WMMR Camp Out for Hunger this morning and they had their annual City Six Papa Shot competition. Yeah. And for the second year in a row, Griffin, the St. Joe's coach, won it.
0: Yeah, good. Love it.
1: (laughs) Boop. uh,
3: How did you you like it? Any
0: many wins as they get all year? Yeah, <laughs>
3: how did you like the opener, uh, Villanova Lasalle, the other night? Uh, not much of competition. Lasalle hung around a little bit, though.
0: Yeah, yeah. I didn't watch. I was after dinner that night, celebrating the uh, 30th anniversary of the day I met my wife. Um, and then they had that funky FS1 Big East bounce around. Right. And I taped it, hoping to see a lot of Lasalle and a lot of Lasalle And then, like three minutes in, they went to the St. Joe's op- St. John's opening, and it just... I just gave up on it. Um there's enough college basketball to watch without having to f- fight through four or five different wraparounds. I-, I don't know who came up with that idea. Let's not do that again, please. No.
3: No, I didn't I didn't much like it either. All right. Boop, where can people find you? Keep uh keep up on you with boop stats.
0: Find me at Twitter, at BoopStats. I post a lot of my stuff also on my website, BoopStats.com. Mostly if you want to go there and print something out, it's a little bit easier, including the TV listings I put together every day because it gets real complicated these days, as we found out with that Villanova opening night um, and college stuff popping around and both football and basketball. So I like to put those listings together to make it easier on myself to find stuff. So why not make it easier for all of BoopStats fandom?
3: Well, I can I can tell you, Boop. I I look at that all the time uh, because Glad down here. Well, you know, I live I live in Florida, uh, yeah. So it's just not on regular, you know. And, yeah. and I got to find it,
1: and I, I I do. I reference it all the time.
0: Glad to hear that. More. I'm going oh, no, to leave you, you
1: on a on a disappointing note. However, uh, you will not gain any ground on the defending champion this week because mm-hmm. we have the same picks.
0: Yeah, you know, if you you said you think you're 40. <laughs> Are we sure you're the defending champion that we might have to, you know, it's election time? I might demand a recount.
1: Ooh, 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 we're losing your signal. We're going to have to cut you now.
5: <laughs> All right.
3: Boop. Get out of here, Boop. Let's do it again next week. Absolutely. Okay. Bud. All right. Jet. Great guests tonight in Mike Conroy, David Akers, Jimmy Rollins, Bob Batone Jr. Who's coming
1: to Philly press box radio next week. Well, next week, Bill, we talked to this guy just before the NFL draft. A pretty good night for the Eagles, as it turned out. It's that longtime Eagles beat writer who is now semi-retired. You know him. You love him. He's working on a perpetual tan while he's also doing some writing about those underachieving Green Bay Packers these days. It is our old pal, Mark Eckel. We may or may not have a second guest. I'm thinking we will not this time. I think we're just going to talk to Mark for a while, and then uh, you and I will chew the fat, Bill. I might I might have to be careful with my Packers stink
3: comments. Mark Mark <laughs> might not uh be real happy about that. He'll start throwing around Bart
1: Starr's name or something. I you think know. Mark knows the Packers stink this year, Bill.
3: <laughs> well, Mark is always fun and always full of information, so we'll uh we'll be looking forward to that. And he's going to want to play Fast 5 as always, so I got to get some questions ready for him. Absolutely. Well, hey Chet, the Yugen as we said, uh they had the MLS Championship at their fingertips with just a couple minutes to go. Couldn't
1: hold on. What a heartbreaking loss in a shootout. Yeah. uh, In addition to the loss, this also sucked. I watched much of the latter part of the game, the regulation time, the extra time, and then they went into overtime, and I had to leave to go somewhere. I kept checking the score while I was driving, found out they actually went ahead in the overtime, and then learned it wasn't sudden death. So, no, they didn't win. They had to keep playing for a little bit. And then, of course, L.A. tied it up and won with the penalty kicks. First of all, I hate the whole timing thing. Why can't they just have a regular clock, which tells you how much time is left? No, they, they finished the 90 minutes. Then there's extra time. Why don't they just stop the clock when you know instead of adding it later? And then why not sudden death overtime and no penalty kicks? This is one of the big gripes I have about soccer. And I know I'm not alone, Bill, but the bottom line tough loss for the Philadelphia union. Well, and you hit, you
3: hit right on the nail, right on the head with uh, why soccer really irritates me is that whole clock thing. you never know how much time left in the game. Um, Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a fan of that. And, uh, and and I'm certainly not a fan of shootouts. Just like I am not in any of the other sports that they do stupid things with. And uh, you know, if you're going to play overtime, play sudden death in a, in a game like that, it's not like football. Where each team should at least get the ball, Uh you have your chances in in soccer to do that. But uh yeah, it it, it and and I was not watching the game until you texted me and said, yeah. "Are you watching?" You should watch it. And I, I watched the end of it, and uh, it was it was tough. They had it right in their fingers.
1: Right and the highest ball. ratings, by the way, for the MLS Cup final in 25 years. So people did watch 2.1 million, which you know compared to like a Super Bowl or something is nothing, but pretty good for the MLS. And let me just tell you one quick story, Bill. I had a, I had a concert Saturday night. I had tickets for the Hooters. So my decision during the week was if the Phillies went up three games to two in the series, I was going to just blow off the concert, stay home and watch. But if they were down three to two, which unfortunately is what happened, I was just going to DVR the Phillies game and go to the concert because if Houston won, you know, who cares? And if the Phillies won, there'd still be a game seven. So I DVR'd it. I watched the nightmare as it, uh, you know, happened later on that night and Sunday morning. That was my Saturday night, Bill. The Hooters were great, by the way. Yeah. Well, (laughs) you know,
3: the Phillies at least made it interesting uh, taking that one run lead. You know, I don't know that we we thought that was going to hold up, but I thought we thought that they might get another run or two. And uh, that didn't happen.
1: Hey, don't forget about Philly Sports Trips, Bill. They have uh, an awesome pregame tailgate ahead of Monday night's Commanders-Eagles game at the Link, road trips to all-away games, and, yeah, spring training, we can talk about that. That's actually, you know, not that far off now. Spring training trips next year. Hang with Charlie, perhaps. All the details on the website, phillysportstrips.com. Again, phillysportstrips.com. You know, it's funny you say that because it's really going to be an interesting
3: baseball winter because it's going to be so short. You know, yeah, we, we played absolutely. for yeah. played for almost six additional weeks, five six additional weeks. Uh, heck, it's almost time to report. Uh, it's almost February already. Yeah, February. about one hundred days, uh, three months and change. Yep, right. that's right. All right, well, hey, let's give another uh, quick break. Thank our friends at the PPCC One Eighteen Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page, so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford. Or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. You continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Razroom. That's right, PPCC 118 Razroom on Facebook. And Chet, I and- believe if you looked right now, you would see that there's a Jalen Hurts, there's a Devontae Smith, there's a Brian Dawkins items up there as we
1: speak. All right. We didn't get to talk about it, but the Sixers finally got a win the other night. MB did play well. And we did mention that. And Carter Hart of the Flyers still unbeaten in terms of regulation anyway. What is he? 6-0-2. Hopefully he's on the men. They won without him on uh, Tuesday night. So get well soon, Carter. And, yeah, the Flyers are playing better, Bill.
3: Yeah, and my understanding is Carter Carter Hart was supposedly sick yesterday. That's why he was scratched. He wasn't practiced today. He will be back uh in the pipes here tomorrow i believe it's tomorrow. awesome
1: let's wrap all it right. up bill. I'm all hungry. right
3: let's wrap it up let's thank tonight's special guests mike conroy david akers jimmy rollins bob Vitron jr our sponsors the irish rover station house bob sullivan's like your ppcc 118 razz room and dave Leboy of all state insurance in westchester pa for jim chet this is bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed today's show and national scrapple day since you put that up there and we'll join Philly press box radio next Wednesday, November 16th at 7 PM. You can see us live on Facebook. Listen to our website, phillypressboxradio.com on blog talk radio.com slash Philly press box radio on Google podcasts, as well as Apple podcasts, I Heart radio and all the others. So Chet, I'm going to go batting down the hatches because we are in the middle of a hurricane. Uh, Hopefully we will see you tomorrow. Talk to you tomorrow. How's that? I hope Philadelphia sports fans and Go Birds.
4: Let's do the song.